Hello, dog lovers. We're back with another episode from the Discover Your Dog archives. Summer is here, and along with it come plenty of opportunities to be social with your dog. This week, we are revisiting episode 108 to learn how to prepare ourselves and our dogs for those sometimes loud and crowded social environments so we can all have fun and avoid a freakout moment. Enjoy! This is Discover Your Dog, the show that demystifies your dog's behavior so you can get the best results from your dog training. This is Leslie Hankins, two-timing co-host of Discover Your Dog. In episode 108, professional dog trainer Benny the Bouncer Copeland and I discuss how to get your dog to chillax around crowds. Also discover what you may experience when the throngs of people close in on you. And stay tuned for some homework that will help you get control of your dog's freakout mode. All in this mosh pit episode of Discover Your Dog. This show was produced by the Family Dog Fusion team, Marissa Dolan, Leslie Hankins, Devin Best, and Benny Copeland. Dog lovers, thank you for all the crowd-pleasing reviews. Keep those enthusiastic five-star ratings coming. Also, please help us spread the word. Share this episode with your Peters, your Pauls, and your Marys. Find an episode on our Facebook page and tag your friends. Spread the word. Help the dogs. Lastly, show your dog that you love her by going to familydogfusion.com slash register to get your free ebooks and dog training video. Benny, are we solving a problem for our dog lovers today? Yes, Leslie, we are. And thank you for taking Devin's role to ask me if we're solving a problem. I would think we're doing something a little bit different <laughs> since you're being <laughs> the co-host been. today. <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm kind of sliding you still in. Solve problems. <laughs> still, always got to solve problems. Right, yep. Yes. And uh, today, actually, what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about crowds. As we indicated in the prelude there. Thank you very much. And in the whole process of this, uh, I actually was working with a client and, and a while back, Devin had made a comment about that he, that, that bringing his dog to a per, another person's home was just not really even, it was inconceivable. You know, it was something that uh, <laughs> he thought that, you know, he'd never really thought about. And so it kind of prompted this. And then when I got started to write it, I really got to thinking about a couple of my clients that had taken their dogs to uh, travel with them to go to some type of festival or uh, outdoor event. And then when they got their dog there, they had not done any preparation and their dog just totally freaked out. So when they were talking to me and I was actually doing this show, I really got to thinking about, you know, that can be a big problem. You know, have you ever, Leslie, taken your dog out to a crowd and had any issues or what do you, what are your thoughts about that? Well, issues, it was a different type of issue, but this is October going into, you know, November and there's, it's fall festival and I go to a lot of them and I never second guess taking my dog. I have a, uh, you know, if you've listened to other episodes, I have a small Shih Tzu and I took uh, monkey to a art festival and I didn't really do my homework ahead of time to even check to see if it was dog friendly. I had seen dogs there previous oh, yeah. years. So I just assumed, you know, doing what I normally do. 
and just grabbed the pooch, threw him in the car and, you know, gently placed him in the car. And we went and I got stopped by a, um, it's not a cop. I don't know what it was. Just like a patrolling guy. And he was like, ma'am, you can't have your dog here. And I didn't know what to do. So I had to carry him the rest of the time that we were down there because I couldn't take him back to the car. Right. And, you know, it was. Yeah, then so, we would have um, a whole nother issue about leaving dogs in cars, right? <laughs> yeah, d- true. Yeah. No, I, I just meant even if we were to leave, it was way too far from what we gotten in and paid and everything. So I, I, I always think of him as a small dog, but carrying 10 pounds for another hour was it really made my arm almost fall off. Right. I mean, that's, so, that's on the almost the total opposite end of, you know, what happened with one of my clients. And I think that that's a great thing, like to talk about those things that you, we can do and you as your dog lovers out there can do to prepare your dog and prepare yourself for any type of festival or park or anything that you might be going to that has a crowded area that's very crowded with other dogs. And I think it's a great segue into our main topic. Well, it's getting super crowded in here. What do you say we talk about the main topic now? Excellent. Let's do it. The biggest issues, Leslie, I get calls for are typically like jumping up and play biting, barking or growling. Sometimes it's a combination of all those problems. And for all of those things, we have podcasts that we have been doing. Many times, certainly we do. Many times it's like riding in a car, how dogs do on a leash. And these are all shows that we solve problems for. Now, today I'm going to specifically talk about two issues that I hear about often. And both of these issues typically happen when an owner is not prepared for a behavior that they're seeing or they haven't prepared for a social activity that they may be doing. And I mean, obviously, you gave a great example there of not being of prepared. Of not being right? prepared at all. <laughs> yeah, when listening to this podcast, I am pretty much the thing not to do, and you are the person representing what to yeah. do. Well, I don't know. I've seen your dog. He is an amazing dog, and you do a great job as a dog owner and a dog lover. So you're a perfect audience member as well. Yeah. So a big thing that we're going to talk about today, because we, as we alluded to, is going to festivals or maybe parties that uh, you've gotten invited to, maybe a dog show or dog events um, that you might have been, you know, heard about in thinking, oh, this would be a great thing to take your dog to. Another big one is like going to maybe a ball game. If you have children that play soccer or baseball or something like that. Um, and well, go ahead. That brings up a question for me um, because I don't know if I'm in a different location than you. Our baseball team here actually has dog days at the park. Yeah. And I know people that are hesitant to take their dog because it's just a bunch of other dogs in a weird location right. with food smells. I don't, well, I, and I've never gone. Yeah, and that's the truth. Like, even with my dog, like, I wouldn't bring Oz to something like that because he has issues greeting other dogs. And, you know, I mean, that could be something that happens. Like, the dog could become protective. And I know with Oz that that's what happened before. Like, the owner that had him before I did, he felt like he had to protect that owner. And his aggression toward other dogs got 
severe. How did you know that? Like, did they tell right, you yeah, or did you find that, that out? They couldn't oh, okay. ever bring him. He was, he was being mm. fostered by a guy and they couldn't bring mm. him to any of the adoption days anymore, especially this guy couldn't. Um, as a matter of fact, he got so bad that they were just about to put him down. I mean, they were talking about that they were going to put him down because they couldn't adopt him out because he couldn't get around other dogs. And then I just took him on and said, hey, you know, we'll take him in. I actually took him into my kennel at that moment. At that time, I had a kennel where I trained dogs. We took him in there for a year prior to me ever actually getting him. And we worked with him. We trained him. And we worked with him with and around other dogs. And that's why he has so many dog friends now. And I get it with me. I have to introduce him to the dog to figure out if this is going to be an issue or not. And in a dog park, like dog days at your baseball park or whatever, that is not an issue or a time I'm ready or willing to do something like that. The other thing is, like with all those noises and everything, dogs can go into freak out mode. And if your dog's freaking out, you know, in this situation, because of all these loud noises and everything else that's going on, then you ha can have a really big issue. As a matter of fact, we did a an episode about that. It was called the Freaked Out Insecure Neurotic Dog, and it's episode 074 that just talks about that, like what can happen when dogs freak out. You know, what's interesting to me, just briefly, is that before, I, before I've talked to you, before I, you know, really learned a lot about dogs, I know what I would have done is I would have thought, this will be a fun time for me to go hang out with my friends, and I'll bring my dog, and then my dog would have freaked out, or, you know, regardless of what dog I had, and I would have thought that the dog had a problem, and then I probably would have never addressed it and just shut down and never taken the dog to festivals or parties or social interactions because I didn't want to go through that again. Right. But that's that was just my lack of being aware or doing anything, any sort of prior research. And um, and now it seems like I, there there are things I could do ahead of time mm -hmm. in order to prepare. Right. And that's a big deal. Uh, a big part of this is because what happens is, is that and, and most people respond like you. Most people end up going into a situation then realizing that's not a good situation for them or their dog or it frustrates them. And so they just quit. Mm -hmm. And then their dog becomes this dog that doesn't go around with them. I, I just got a new client yesterday. And this client actually told me that they had had the same type of dog previously. They have a Jack Russell Terrier. And so they had had the same type of dog previously. And because the dog would get so aggressive toward people whenever they would have people over at their house. And they had a beautiful home that they loved to host things and things like that. But whenever they would have people, they'd put the dogs up because they knew the dog would bite people. So instead of ah. actually working on the issue or teaching their dog how to behave in those moments, they just got to the point where their dog couldn't even participate with them in these social events. And that's totally me too. Yeah. I was how I would have dealt with any of that. And I, and I think that if I were to have, it, you know, monkeys getting on up in age. So if I was looking at another breed, I would now consider a breed that would be good in social interactions. And really, I think what I'm learning is that I just need to do the work regardless. Right. And it if, really is. It's there. about that preparation. It's about understanding. Right. And, and I love it. Like we had this conversation, Leslie, uh, you, Devin and I. 
the other day and we talked about how there are almost three different ways that people respond to behaviors. One is, is that their dog does this certain behavior and they react in the moment. And then they go mm-hmm. afterwards and go, okay, so what can I do about it? So they're looking for things. The other one is, is that they, um, that in the moment they're trying to fix it, trying to fix that problem in the moment. And they, they only wait till those issues happen. So I, I think a good example of that is like someone that's walking their dog and there's another dog in a yard behind a fence or something, then their dog is lunging and, and, and they're mm-hmm. trying to fix the lunging and stuff in that moment and only working yeah. on it when there's these situations that come up instead of. <laughs> but then they get home and, and don't right, do anything. And they don't do anything else. And then the next day they're walking and they keep wondering, why does my dog keep doing this? You know, <laughs> right, they, right, it's just right. because the dog's well. getting attention in those moments. And then the other thing oh, is, wow. is that people that look at, you know what? I love to travel. I love to host parties. I love to do. And, and it's really funny because that's the reason this client called me is because of what their dogs had done in the past and they got this new puppy. They wanted this puppy to be a social part of their family. So they said, hey, let's hire a professional trainer and then let's prepare Uh ourselves and our dog for these things in our life that we do. Now that's the, you know, pre thing. Well, my client, their dog's name is Cody. Uh, Don and Sheila are their name. Their dog, they adopted it as an adult. And this but, dog is a collie and Cody is okay. just a, just a great dog. He's just an amazing dog. He was very resistant to the training and, you know, I understood that he's an adult, you know, and now they're trying to teach a, an adult something new and he did really good. So they thought, Hey, we're going to go down to Savannah, Georgia, and we're going to meet with some friends and go to this festival and things like that. And we'll just bring Cody with us because he's such a great dog in our home. Mm-hmm. Well, when they got down there, he freaked. Cody started barking at everything, lunging oh, wow. at everything, and he's a big dog. And so they had to take Cody and put him in the hotel room and leave him in the hotel room for the rest of the week. They couldn't even take him oh, out. Oh my gosh. So it was it was very upsetting to them, you know, and frustrating. And I get it. You know, when I came in and I'm talking to him, I'm like, well, I mean, think about it. The only Things that you've practiced with him and the only ways that you've ever seen him behave are right here in your home and you haven't seen him in those situations. So we actually talked about setting up those situations in the future and maybe going to places where there were a little more crowds. And what we're going to talk about in today's homework is how can you really work toward getting your dog into any situation, whether it be walking your dog by a dog behind a fence, whether it be going to a crowd or an activity like a baseball game or things like that. And what can you do to prepare your dog for those situations? So you ready to get in the homework? I am. Let's do it. For your homework this week, we are going to talk about another aspect of desensitizing your dog to situations that could be a part of your life. Now, socializing your dog to large crowds or places where there could be a potential crowd is 
something that you need to think about if this is something that you love to do. I know there are a lot of people and a lot of my friends that love to go to concerts. They love to do things. And if you want your dog to be a part of it, this is going to be something that you need to think about prior to ever going out into these potential freak out (laughs) situations for your dog. (laughs) It does make them a lot more enjoyable when you have your furry family member there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does. And like now I have a client and they have a beautiful home, a lot of property. People want to do weddings on their property. And she just got this little puppy. They have a lot of outdoor events. As a matter of fact, last time I was there, they were talking to me. They do fox hunts as well. And so they have these hounds, you know, that that do the hunts and everything. And they don't actually kill the fox. They actually just find it. (laughs) <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and they hunt it and then they leave it on the property so they can find it the next oh, time goodness. too. <laughs> it's pretty cool. It's like, it's a cool thing. She wants me to Fox. actually do it with her. I'm really excited. I want to try it and go with them. Oh. Except the riding the horse part. I don't know if I'm... I was going to say, do you ride? Oh yeah, I can ride. I've ridden a lot oh, in awesome. my younger years. I just... Uh, Things we learn about Benny right, on a podcast. Right. It just hurts <laughs> to ride. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Tell me about it. Anyway, they love to have people at their home. And with this dog, they need it to understand that it doesn't need to be protective of the property. If people are going to be coming and going, if there are things, you know, people coming to set up for the social events or things like that, that the dog is okay with them. And this is really something that is very important to them. Also, I have many clients that have children and those children play sports and the clients want to bring their dogs to these sporting events, whether it be a baseball or softball game, whether it be a soccer game, something that's going on, especially these outdoor events, they want their dog to be a part of it. Now, if you know this is going to be a part of your life, it's best if you expose your dog to these situations as early as possible. Now, as a puppy, you got to understand there's going to be different behaviors that you're going to get as a puppy. And if you can expose, and I, I never recommend taking a dog out into that kind of public place until they've had all rounds of their shots. And typically there's four rounds of shots and the dog is about 16 weeks old. So about four months before you really get into these situations, because there's all other things that could go on medically and things like that. And, and definitely please so like talk four to months dad. when they're a puppy. Say that again. Don't take them out like four months when they're a puppy. Right. After, after four months, they should have all their shots. There are things that medically, you know, dogs can catch just from the grass and from other dogs and things like that if they haven't had all their shots. So it's the best if you wait till about four months before you get your dog into high crowded situations or go to dog parks or things like that. What about like older dogs? Well, older dogs should have all their shots. Uh, Hopefully you've done all that. And if you do adopt an older dog, you really don't know what its background is. Like you don't understand what this dog has gone through. So you have to really pre-prepare for these things just to see how your dog's going to behave. And then it would be important if you did that, like if you have really good behavior or bad behavior, that you work on those situations prior to going back to those situations. So I'll give you a good example. If you're going to take your dog to a ball game, for example, like go to either the local baseball game and Louisville, or you're going to go to one of your kids' baseball games or softball games, then take your dog to the park with you or go to that park 
when it's not your kid's game and stay on the outskirts of the game. Go where your dog can actually see the crowd and see things that are happening and you don't get right in the middle of it. The more comfortable you feel with your dog doing things, the closer to the crowds you might get. So, for example, in the ballparks that we go to, there are multiple ballparks. Like There'll be four of them and there'll be little kind of alleyways in between the ballparks with bleachers and lots of people. Now, I might walk my dog toward the bleachers. And if he's doing great, I might even go in and around and behind the bleachers. And I'm not going to go up into where all the crowds are unless, you know, my dog's really doing good. And then I'll leave after just a few minutes just so that I have this really good result with my dog that, you know, you understand that your dog's doing well and you end it in a really good positive way. Same thing with. That's a really neat idea. Same thing with any activity that you're going to be doing. I remember with Gabby. Gabby was an agility dog. And the very first time that we went to an agility contest, I mean, there are dogs everywhere. There's people everywhere. There's so much activity. And we were very thoughtful about taking her and getting her used to all of that prior to ever competing. And we would go to these events and she did so great. And then the very first time that Jessica brought her into the agility course and took her onto the course, It was in a, uh, what do you call those little, uh, it had a dirt floor and, you know, it looks like a bowl, like where people are sitting up on the risers and stuff like that, but it's a round arena kind of thing. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Arena. And Gabby freaked out because all the noises and sounds were very different than being up at the top, you know? Yeah. And she wouldn't even do any of the jumps. It was so funny. She did all of the other obstacles, but she would run under all the jumps the very first time (laughs) she did it. And of course, was disqualified. And, you know, it was kind of upsetting to Jessica. And we sat down and realized, well, she's never been there. Like, she's never seen that before. She's been all around the outside of it and was used to all that. And when she was down in the middle, it was like this this bowl, this soup of noises and smells and everything oh. that just went down toward the middle. It was insane. I guess yeah, it would be like echoing and everything, you know, the, in football where they talk about when the crowd is so loud, nobody can hear them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it would be kind of like that, you know, and she freaked. And then we got her used to that and she did really well. So these are the things that you need to think about. Now, even if like I had a client one time and they had a dog named Rosie, it was a little Cocker Spaniel. And Rosie never did well with greeting people. Now, they really worked with her a lot. And she was very good with the rules when she was on the leash. And we did practice going into crowds. Like we would take her into crowds. And in the process of going into the crowds, as long as she was on the leash with the owner or with me, she did great. If anybody tried to reach down and pet her, and actually this guy did. Like he reached down to pet her. She turned and snapped at him and he jumps up and he's like, you're not supposed to have a dog like that. In here. <laughs> oh, no. I looked at him and I went, you should ask permission before you pet anybody's dog. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and he just, sure. he just looked at me like uh, I had, you know, banished him. <laughs> All right. And then he walked off. I, and, I, and that really to me is it. I mean, first of all, you should ask permission. 
You know, you shouldn't just Definitely. reach down and, and assume that because someone has someone, a dog in a crowd, that the dog's going to be great. And you don't know what's going on with that dog anyway. And so that was a big part of, you know, what was going on with this dog and with the people, how they got him and they prepared for it. And yet this dog still didn't do good with people. And it did good within mm-hmm. the crowd. Like it looked like it was fine. Right. Well, that's the thing is like for me, but you know, prior to actually paying a lot of attention to my dog and other dogs, I just assumed your dog was either good in crowds or bad mm-hmm. in crowds. Not that they could deal with the smells and the sounds, but maybe not other people, or maybe they were only comfortable on a leash. Like, there's so many varying degrees. And just, I think knowing where your dog fits in on that, understanding what your dog can handle, what they can't handle, and being really um, cautious isn't the right word. But just accepting of, you know, where other dogs are so that you don't stick your hand right in front of their face without, you know, talking to the owner first. It's, it's just a whole world kind of opened up for me when I started realizing that dogs are like people. There's a grand scale. Sure, of, yeah, because I mean, there are they people that don't things. like crowds. I mean, I have friends yeah, that yeah, she I, gets in a crowded situation, man. All of a sudden she disappears, you know, yeah, really? if, it, if it starts getting crowded, she's like gone. And, you know, so people are the same and people are the same in those situations. They have different personalities and it really is about awareness, which we talk about all the time. It's about being aware. Number one, what is it that you love to do? What is it that you want to do in your life? How do you want to, you know, spend your time with your dog? And then realizing you need to prepare your dog for those situations. I mean, it, it just sucks. I mean, it sucks if you think that you're, um, I don't know. I think someone said to me, and it may have been you, Leslie, I don't know, but someone said to me one time, you know, this guy loves to be jog. He wants to go hiking and he loves to jog. And then he gets a Datsun and the Datsun cannot jog <laughs> with him. Poor little legs. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and can't go hiking for long periods of times, you know, things like that. Right. So ends up that he can't take his dog with him. That's, that's just not a, you know, a preparedness and awareness. And so if there is something and we talk about we've even talked about that in the past where, you know, realize what is your lifestyle. And I know on the newsletter, we're actually matching up people's lifestyles with the types of dogs that they should think about getting if that's their lifestyle. And that is super helpful. I know my uh, my boyfriend currently wants a husky and we live somewhere where there's a really hot summer. So just taking simple things into consideration. But of course, his brother has a husky and he lives in Colorado. It's totally yep. different. And that guy's lifestyle, they, he hikes mountains all yeah. the time. The dog is perfect for them. Um, in our place, nah, not so and much. No, and I think that's, that's how it goes a lot. That people just see, well, I saw this guy with this dog and it was such a great dog. I had a, right. I had a um, potential. It looks so cool. Yeah, I had a potential client one time and they um, called me out there and they had gotten an Australian cattle dog because their neighbor got this Australian cattle dog or Australian shepherd. I'm sorry. They had gotten an Australian shepherd because their neighbor got an Australian shepherd and the Australian shepherd was so well behaved. And even their neighbor said, this was a lot of work. This was a lot Uh, of work. And I would recommend you don't get this dog because this guy was a full time. He worked full time and was gone most of the time. So it was up to his wife to do the work. She didn't really even want the dog. And then she had three kids. On top of that, really young kids. And so here he gets this dog and then basically it comes down to her having to do all the work. Well, you know, and he just got it because he saw his neighbor had this dog. Even his vet 
told him not to get this dog. Even his Man, vet people him, can get blinders on when they want that type I know, of dog. And I think that that's what it is. People don't really think about what yeah. it is. And, and it does come to that type of an awareness. Right. Okay. Definitely. So I, at this point, I would normally do the summary because we're done talking about this thing. And I want to talk about this one story and then Devin can decide if he wants to add it into this or not. But I want to kind of give a break here. And then I want to talk about this homework and we, and if he wants to, or he likes it or doesn't like the story, I don't know. But at some point, I think I want to talk about this anyway. All right. So for the rest of the homework, I'm going to tell the story of Jax. Jax was this amazing blue healer mix that the owner had gotten trained prior to ever meeting me. And Jax was also very, very extremely protective of his family, mainly the wife. Now, Pat was the owner and he worked with me. And the very first time I ever met him out at the dog park, I went to approach Pat and I literally couldn't get within 30 feet of him. And Jax was literally lunging at the leash trying to kill me. And I'm standing 30 feet away from Pat. Very first time I've ever met him. He's got this dog that's severely aggressive. We're out in the middle of the park. So I know I can't grab the leash and just work with this dog because, you know, we're kind of in a public place at this time. And I said, you know, Pat, what are your goals here? And he looked at me and then he pointed up the hill to a dog park that was about 100 yards away from where we were standing. And he said, I want to be able to take this dog into that dog park. And his dog was not only aggressive to people, his dog was severely aggressive to other dogs as well. So in the process of working with him, and this was a lot of, because this was fairly new in my process as well of training and and I starting out on my own, we worked every weekend for four years desensitizing this dog. This dog was about four or five years old when we started the process. Okay. For four years, and I know it almost to the date because I met him in a Jan- on January in January, and he quit working with me in January, <laughs> and so it was almost four years to the date. And in the process of doing this, we had a lot of work that we had to work on. Up to the point, the very last day, we took him into that dog park, and he was. We called him the referee, Jax, because if two dogs started wrestling real hard or whatever, he would run in between them and break them up. (laughs) And he loved the dog park. And we were able to bring him in after so much work. And I'm telling you, it was this dog was severely, severely aggressive toward people, toward dogs and everything when we started. If you're willing to put in the work, if you're willing to look at what you want and have those goals, you can get anywhere you need to with your dog. And some dogs, it takes a lot longer. You know, this took four years and some dogs it doesn't. And, you know, that's not meant to be. It's more of a I hope to be a motivation of I can do this if I'm willing to put in the work. I just feel like that sometimes people aren't willing to put in the work and they just want it to be fixed. And unfortunately, that's just not how it works. So in summary, we opened the topic talking about the problems that could arise when taking your dog to an event or a crowded area. We also gave examples of problems with those types of events. And in the homework, it's how to desensitize your dog and to be aware of what your lifestyle is if you want to go to these big crowded events. Thank you very much. Hey 
dog lovers. Just a bit of housekeeping. I want to put two things in your mind. The book is in its proofing stage. Benny just called me and let me know that he has a hard copy in his hand that he is looking through. So we're super excited about it. From the launch of this podcast, it'll just be about two weeks. So keep that in mind. We will be sending it out to everyone who is a subscriber on where they can go to purchase that. So if you're not already a subscriber, please go to familydogfusion.com slash register and sign up there. It is free as you sign in there and then you can get all the information about the book release. Um, Start thinking about maybe this would be a good Christmas present for some of the dog lovers on your list. And Devin and I have been working diligently on a free training module that we're also going to release for you guys. So another reason to run to familydogfusion.com backslash register so that you can get that free training module coming your way through the newsletter. We'd love to hear feedback on it. And if you would like more training modules, if you love this one enough, then let us know. We're happy to get them coming for you. All right, everybody. We will see you all next week when Benny unleashes your dog's inner aggression. See you then. Also, if you're listening to this show on Stitcher, Google Play, or any other service, please give us a five-star affirmative rating now. Remember, show notes for this episode are at discoveryourdog.com slash episode 108. It's getting crowded in here. Great. That was awesome. You still said backslash. I said backslash. <laughs> I know. I said slash the first time, but then I said backslash the second time. Ah. That's funny. It's no big deal. <laughs>